You're listening to Something Weird. I'm Anna, and here's Brooke. Hello. Here you'll find semi-regular dialogue on all things paranormal, or even just a little bit weird. We're lifelong friends who have had an affinity for the strange since we met, and now we're here to explore these phenomena with you. Each week, one of us will dig into a paranormal tale as we ponder the question, do we want to believe? This week, we already shared a little Halloween tale with you, and we have a special episode here where we guested with the Truth or Theory gentlemen on their show and decided we'd share a little bit with you. In this episode, we had the pleasure of joining E. Willie and JP, your super hosts of Truth or Theory. In this episode, we dive deep down into the catacombs of Paris and try to get into all of the weird history and happenings that have taken place. So we hope you enjoy, and we'll be back next week with another paranormal tale. So until then, stay weirdy and make sure you go check out Truth or Theory podcast. Yeet. Let's hear some stories, guys. So I went last year, last summer, we were there. While I was there, I listened to, you know, like those big tourist attractions. You always have the like audio thing that you can listen to while you walk around. So, of course, I did that because I'm a tourist. But I learned a lot. It was fascinating. So I'm going to take the role of giving you a mini version of the history of the catacombs, why they're there, kind of what they've been used for, all that fun stuff. Do either of you know much about it? I know a decent about it because I've been studying it so much lately. I'm obsessed with it. All right. Well, you'll probably know pretty much all of this, but whatever. I'll tell you. If you're unfamiliar, listeners, there is a giant labyrinth of tunnels that exists underneath the city of Paris, which sounds strange to say. It's literally hundreds and hundreds of miles. But historically looking at it, it's really not that strange that these tunnels even exist. They're quarry tunnels. So they have existed within Paris and even on the outskirts of Paris, like dating back to Roman times, because Paris and the surrounding area is very rich in limestone. Limestone is obviously what the city is built up on. It's what the city is built of. So a lot of like the iconic architecture and buildings, it's because of the limestone it was used. So it's natural that obviously they went into the ground, formed all of these tunnels, and now we have beautiful city that we know and love. However, these tunnels have kind of evolved into something a little more spooky. It's over 200 miles of tunnels that are believed to exist underneath the city of Paris. No one knows for sure because it just goes on and on forever. For the most part, the tunnels are considered to be extremely unsafe and most people don't go into most areas. It's off limits for any law-abiding individual that actually follows the rules. You can't go in most of it. But there is a relatively small section that's open to the public. And this little tiny portion is what we know as the catacombs. It has an official French name, but I can't even begin to try to say that correctly. I see your catacombs. <laughs> yeah, let's just go with that. What is it, Anna? Dentel Rocherol. Yep. AKA catacombs. And of course, we know this to be like one of the top tourist attractions in the city for people who go. So this popular site is the home of skeletal remains of up to 7 million former Parisians. And yes, that is 7 million people. 
that are down there, which is just creepy to think about. And they are there resting for all of eternity. That is their home. But that kind of leads to the question of why do we need this big of a burial ground, if you want to call it that, underneath the city of Paris? This is what I like. Let's go back to the 18th century. Think like, I don't know, 1780, we'll say. Paris has a problem. Obviously, historically speaking, there's a lot going on, but there is another pressing issue rather than like an uprising among the population. We also have the issue that cemeteries are becoming extremely overpopulated. One of the bigger, kind of more noted cemeteries that was having this issue was again, say it in French, Les Innocents, maybe? The Innocents? Les croissants. <laughs> Les croissants. Or The Innocents. This cemetery was completely overflowing with dead bodies. So much so that they kind of just like, the whole idea of, you know, burying someone at least six feet underground and having space and doing proper burials, they just kind of threw it out the window. So there were no more proper burials happening. There were open graves. Corpses were unearthed and just kind of like there. This was all due to a plague and famine, correct? That's kind of why all this was overflowing with people. Yeah, it's just death in general. Plague was a little earlier. A lot of people. It's just a lot of dead people and then like a boom in population. This is my teaching style. I just uh, blow through student questions. Rock. I just keep on going. Bone dead okay. number two has a question. And now you've distracted me. Where was I? So yeah, there's just bodies everywhere. And with all of these unearthed bodies and open kind of graves, it's letting a lot into the air. So the people that lived around these large cemeteries, they were becoming sick and spreading disease. So it was just disgusting overall. And more people are dying. So... The issue is causing more issue. So there has to be a solution. By May of 1780, it was a full-blown emergency situation in Paris. In particular, what took place is along that particular cemetery, there was kind of like a, I guess like a retaining wall that joined to another property that was right next door. And the retaining wall just completely collapsed. Of all of the neighbors, who were the neighbors? I don't know. I wish I knew. No, it was literally like because these mass graves were so packed with people, just the weight of it like crushed that retaining wall. So it was just like bodies just flowing. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh, but it's so fucking gross. I'm just imagining again, like a popcorn orc. That will be something only Brooke knows. But, you know, I'm totally going off topic right now. Sorry, but I think it's worth explaining. Do you know in, I think, what is it? The Two Towers, towers. Lord of the Rings. Uh And the orcs are breaking into, like, the underground um, Mm -hmm. area. They're, like, going through with the barricade or whatever. Like, their version of a Trojan horse. Yeah, that. They're just, like... Orcs just falling off the bridge left and right. And we thought that was really funny when we were young and called them popcorn orcs. So that's kind of what I'm picturing the bodies <laughs> doing, the although yeah. really not similar at all. 
I freaking love that movie. It's so good. My One, Lord of the Rings One of the best. Sorry, Brooke. Again, you guys are such bad students. I'm we so are. distracted. <laughs> I'm going to mute you. So the walls collapsed, bodies everywhere. So what they decide to do is forbid, like it's now against the law to bury bodies within the city walls of Paris. But that doesn't really solve the issue. We still have bodies everywhere. They're just saying we can't add more, but there's still no solution as to what to do with the ones that are filling up all this space. So that's where we enter, if you want to call him a hero or something, the police lieutenant, Alexander Lenoir, I think. We'll call him Lenoir. You guys don't Lenny. know. So, yeah, Lenny. Hey, you could lie to us. We have no idea. Enter Lenny. He had been involved with the creation of a mine inspection service previously. So his job was essentially to create a force to go to the different quarries and like limestone mines or whatever to make sure that they weren't going to collapse. So he understood kind of the literally the ground of Paris and how to keep it safe and workable. So he was in charge of that on the side. But he realized, well, we've been going through and renovating all of these tunnels from the old quarries and now they're unused currently. So why don't we take these tunnels and just start replacing and filling them with these bodies that need a place to go? So Lenny solved this problem for us. Thank you, Lenny. He officially got it passed and endorsed that the bodies could be, I guess, exhumed, but not even really because they were already just out in the air, um, picked up and moved to the quarry passages that were underneath the city. Again, these pathways had already undergone renovation. So it was like pretty understood that they would actually hold up and be a good place forever for these places or for these people. And then it officially became a law in 1785, in case you're curious, that all the bodies are moving. And that's what they did. They dug a well into a couple of different places into the tunnels, and then they would take black cloth covered wagon cart, I don't know, drawn by a horse. And every night they would have this kind of like ceremony where they would take the bodies from the old cemeteries and then kind of like parade them through the cities into the well where they would be laid forever. And every single night, for two years, they did this. Wow. The Dead Parade. Oh, their yeah. music and stuff? I don't know. Let's say yes. I, like, would hope so, but... It More sounded like a work. like a thing, so I think people were pretty into it. Two years of dumping bodies down these wells into these tunnels that hadn't been used in quite some time. But initially, it was just kind of a big mess. Like, they were literally just kind of, like, putting the bodies down there and stacking them up. It wasn't at all, if you've been to the catacombs, it's actually almost like kind of an art installment. It was nothing like that. It was just bodies. They also took headstones and different statues and other random stuff from the cemetery, and they just, like, placed it. It wasn't pretty for about 20 years until 1810 when the director of Paris Mines decided that this was an opportunity to draw attention and make it pretty. And that's what he did. So he commissioned a ton of renovations and almost like additions to 
this whole labyrinth that was going on. And he transformed what were just tunnels into a sort of like beautiful mausoleum that we can now walk through. He decided that the best way to do it was to stack the skulls and the different bones into kind of almost like creating murals. Um, if you've seen pictures of it, you can see there, it seems like they're placed with reason and they really were. Like he wanted it to be like a visually beautiful place for people to go to and to see the dead. So the bones that are stacked nicely, those mm -hmm. were just the bodies. Of, it was just like a, a free-for-all. No one knows who's really down there. Um, yes and no. For the most part, we have no idea. But there are some notable people. So like when they were digging up the cemeteries around Paris, they would note like, oh, this is a famous artist or a author or someone. And then they okay. kept record of that. And there's monuments to them in the catacombs. Okay. Hi, Mrs. Brook. <laughs> is the uh, barrel pillar looking things, do they actually make contact mm -hmm. with the ceiling? Are they any kind of a structure hold or is it just decoration? They were originally. I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering correctly at this point, that it's all been reinforced over years and years and years. But originally, yeah, those like really wide barrel looking things, mm -hmm. that was a support structure. Yeah. Yeah, which is nuts. Wild. This is one of my favorite parts walking through the catacombs. He added different tablets and stuff that you just randomly come across, like you're turning a corner or there's like a fake well or like a fake little pond. And there are these tablets that have kind of like ominous warning carved into them of just kind of like, don't do this or you're doomed or like, I don't even know, like they don't even really make sense, but he was just... I think it was just trying to get more attention and make it interesting. I don't think they actually hold any meaning. They're fun. They were like joke tablets. Basically theatrical. Very dramatic. So it didn't take a lot of time for people to catch wind that this was going on. And of course, the like bougie rich people were like, well, I want to go and see it. And that's exactly what they did. So it became like a rich people thing to do, to go down into these tunnels and just like take a look. And then eventually it was like, let's have parties down there. And there were specific parts in the catacombs and you can still go to those parts when you do the tour, but it would be like either these really rich people or like royalty. And then eventually throughout history, it became like these kind of hipster art groups. will just go down there and they would just party just get like super drunk. I don't know what else they did, but it sounds awesome. It was a party spot. If you've seen videos, I've seen that. that I would not want to be drunk down there. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> Where people like go deep, deep, deep down yeah. there. No, no, no. I will stay on the lit path only. Like you yeah. get to those points where there's gates that keep you out of like going down into the abyss. And I would just kind of like peer into them and get scared just looking. So I would never... I would never mess with that. I'm sure they had some great nights down there. So good for them. They're like drinking out of a, of like an empty skull bowl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why yeah, wouldn't you? <laughs> skull shots. <laughs> Vertebrae shots. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You would do that, Anna? You would take a shot out of a skull? Or a bone? Yeah. From the catacombs? You're crazy. No, they're so old, the bones. I mean, we've all got bones anyway. Yeah, I'm not drinking out of mine, though. Mm. 
No way. <laughs> and it's alcohol. So just make sure it's really high proof. Oh my god. Just get wrecked. Let's go. Let's do like a big couples podcast trip. No, it'll be fun. We'll throw a rager in the catacombs. Yeah, we'll throw it. We'll do a live episode from the catacombs. <laughs> Never. We forgot flashlights, but we got plenty of whiskey. That's all you need. Never come back. All right, Brooke, we interrupted you so many times. You're fine. I'm pretty much done. So at that point, it it just was a thing. Like it was just a, an institution for Paris. People went, people who lived there, civilians went as tourism became more and more of a thing there. Obviously, it's like one of the tourist attractions in Paris still is. And it is like my experience. It was super cool. It definitely has like an eerie vibe to it. But I will say the fact that it's so popular and that it's such a tourist thing, we were stuck behind these two young women that felt the need to take selfies the entire time. And you're walking for miles, like miles down there. And it was, give the trip and the school. Like, depending on who you're down there with. It really just like, it can make it or break it. And that was really unfortunate that we had that. And there were a bunch of kids there that were running around. It's super cool. It's magical. It's got a really great history, but it definitely is just, you know, kind of a tourist attraction at this point. That You'd want to go with like private tour or something mm-hmm. at nighttime, maybe where you have just a small group. Well, they do. They do ghost tours, but I didn't want to do that because it was so fucking hot. I didn't yeah. want it to go during the day. So. <laughs> We're going to rent the place out if we go. So for sure. Okay. Um, Ooh, what if they got some orbs in their uh, selfies you just see like a, like satan behind them or like a little hand coming out of the out of the bone structure style so that's the catacombs that's how we got them they're awesome pretty wild so many people mm-hmm. i've heard that they started growing up mushrooms down there too like mushroom farmers like, really that became a thing down yeah, there like like real deal like edible like restaurants Oh, I thought you meant like psychedelic mushrooms. They're probably down there too. Probably yeah. both. They they're like legit farmers down there doing it and have their own little patches and everything. That's <laughs> wild. Girls. I want to go on a mushroom tour at yeah, the Catacombs. That mm-hmm. would be super interesting. Mushrooms are just incredible. Yeah, I agree. I found some pretty cool ones looking for snakes. There's a lot of cool ones out there. Colorado and Louisiana. Oh, so much so much fun. Lions' manes in the trees and stuff. There's some that look like fingers, right? Coming out of the ground. Oh, yeah. Zombie hand or fingers. I don't know. Uh, okay. Mushrooms in the catacombs. Sweet. Big deal. Definitely made a lot of money there with those. Is that it for the catacombs? Are we climbing out of that rabbit hole? No, no. Oh, oh no. More? We just We just entered the rabbit hole. Ooh. Now, have you guys gone on and watched a lot of the videos of people, their personal videos going down in those things? Like the guys that go really deep down there? The cataphiles. No, I haven't watched a lot. I would not say a lot. I'd say the one. Actually, do you remember, have any of you read the uh, No Sleep or Creepypasta Ted the Caver? No. No. That one is good and worth it. It's long read it after we go through this bearing in mind the catacombs and kind of maybe envision that a little bit it's eerie 
to say the least. Ted the Caver. I think it's Ted the Caver. <laughs> or maybe just okay. the Caver. I'm going to make you read that to me, Anna. Now that we've gone through the history <laughs> lesson, I'm just going to tell you some of the creepier stories. And there are, there are a number of weird stories of things that have happened down in these tunnels. This was way back in the good old days of 1793. And Philibert Esper, who was a doorkeeper of a military hospital in central Paris, decided to sneak down into the catacombs through a staircase in the courtyard. No one's positive as to why he decided to take the jaunt down there, but one speculation is that he was trying to get his drink on and siphon off some of the chartreuse stashed underneath the convent. Get it. Philibert is on the same page as we are. <laughs> just wants to rage. 1793, just wanted to get some of that green fairy. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure if he did get that last drink in, though. And his body was found 11 years later, only identifiable from the hospital keys attached to his belt. It's believed that he just became disoriented, wasted, after his candle went out. Since then, catacomb visitors report hearing his disembodied voice before their candles are blown out. Ooh. I wonder what he would be saying. I mean, it'd be in French, so. He says, you booze, you lose. <laughs> <laughs> you go down on your drinks, you want to finish that? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just see like a little phantom straw going into your glass? <laughs> Well, Asper is now buried in the exact place where he died, and cataphiles, as we have discussed, those are the catacomb obsessors, say that on November 3rd, his ghost is particularly active. Mm. People go down there yeah. all the time, and it's bizarre. So I've seen this video where these two guys are documenting this or whatever, and they got a cataphile to show them around. So the guy, they're like, hey, we're going to take a break right to here. He's like, I'm going to go over here, take a whiz. I'll be right back. But he took the dude's camera and just left them there and took off. So those two guys are like, well, great. Now we're lost down here. He took our camera. We have no service down here. Like, we don't know our way out. And then they just waited. And eventually some guy just blasting techno music, walking around there by himself, found him. and was like, hey, what are you doing down here? Damn. He's like, dude, we had a guide. He left us, stole our stuff. People wander around down there. It's so weird. I just imagine him blasting. Oh, he's got like one of those, like a, like a, there's a speaker on his belt loop. But like a Bluetooth. Like, I hear music. Like, what is that? And he's like, hey, help us. Yeah. yeah. So crazy. They're so lucky. They would have I would like, handcuff myself oh. to our tour guide. That would be a great con. I mean, clearly it works. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't think I would ever be brave yeah. enough. I would never trust anyone to take me off trail or whatever or like not on the regular route down there that's horrifying they say that they're that you're actually your best bet to actually get a full experience of down there because they're the only ones that really know i'd get some collateral on them i don't show what they're gonna <laughs> show out Green will slap the shit out of your grandma if you don't get me out of here safe <laughs> over the years several adventurers have slipped through the main entrance or one of the several secrets unofficial entryways and have never been heard from or seen again. Several, that's not very helpful, but it's definitely been more than one or a couple. And I guess if you're amongst all the bones, someone might not even know that 
your bones are new bones. Mm-hmm. Your did, it, did it stink when you guys were down there? Yeah. No? Dusty. An old... Like, I imagine, like, a person, like, because they obviously they put them down there because of the smell to begin with. Like, if people are getting mm-hmm. lost down there, like, it's got a smell. Like, if people are rotting, like, still. I think that's when they if they're, like, out. deep. Yeah, deep, deep, yeah. Down there. Hundreds of miles a long ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A long way. Is there really seven levels going down into the catacombs? I don't remember, honestly, but I do remember thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm still walking down. Because you do, like, a viral. And there are some, like, levels that you can, you can't get off at any level except for, like, the, you know, tour level or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I do remember thinking, like, this is insane that we're still going down. It just went on forever. And Seven circles of hell. Yeah. yeah. All right. So <laughs> that one paragraph wasn't an entire story, by the way. So I'll continue with that. Okay. There is one story, though, of a missing person or incident, and it stands out from the rest. It kind of brings to mind thoughts of the Blair Witch Project or the book House of Leaves. Have any of you read that? I'm not a reader. Definitely not. (laughs) I like to pretend like I am, but... Well, it's basically about a house that has endless tunnels and caverns within it. Um, and it kind of depends on who's exploring it, what their mindset is, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so going back to our missing person. In the 1990s, a group of ye old cataphiles were exploring the chambers when they found a video camera lying on the ground, caked with dust and mold, when they realized there was footage on it. As they began watching the video, they heard disturbing noises and things quickly became unsettling. It was clear that the man was lost and unsure where he was going, and from his ramblings, he seemed to be going a bit mad as he wandered, lost underground among the tunnels. The man never says who he is, but it's clear that he's an experienced cataphile with extensive knowledge of the network of tunnels and had been there repeatedly before. So why would this man that they lost or just passing time find himself so disoriented was it the solitude um maybe he found some chartreuse i don't know things got weird and now actually that you mentioned that um cataphile who took the camera and took off remember and left those two guys yeah maybe that was him could be but I'm also wondering if you're explaining the same story. Um, this guy was back in 97, and he he got scared, and he just started taking off running. And he just got deeper and deeper, and he actually ended up dropping his camera. And they found oh, yeah. his camera, and they showed it on that, that TV show called The uh, World's Scariest Places or something like that. It's okay, yeah. I think we are talking about the same thing. His camera laid there until the battery died. Yeah. Yeah. He just dropped it and just took off in the darkness. Yeah. So that's, and like he's wandering around confused, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then they just find this camera. Um, and then footage was then released as segments in a film directed by Francis Friedland. But that would make you not want to go down there. What was on the video? 40 minutes of footage. And oh, like 40 minutes. Documenting. I was just like, oh, you know, here's another room with piles of bones and. Mm-hmm. And it, when it comes to the end, you see the like a painting, and it looks kind of like a person just like looks like stretched out, yeah. and that's like one of the big 
into the show and then almost like a crucifix but like in an x position yep and then like as towards the end before he drops his camera his breath starts getting heavier and heavier and heavier and getting like freaked out and he just starts running he drops his camera it lands in like a puddle sideways you see him run out of frame and then uh the camera just stays there until he dies the battery dies like it looks like it's set up for a scary movie which some people, yeah, which some people believe and could be. I'm not going down there. I don't think I'd even do the tour. I don't. Come on, man. We're going to get. We have 20, to. 2021. I feel like I'm going to get haunted. You will. Uh, no. have, you, have you ladies ever uh, heard of the Stanley Hotel? Yeah. Wait. The one, the that, one uh, in Colorado? Yeah, the one Stephen King uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. idea for The Shining. Oh, we were, we were just watching The Shining last night and talking about that. Yeah. We just went there for our last episode and did an mm-hmm. on-location episode. Ooh. I really liked it before this one, actually. So, oh, so good. Um, but yeah, we're going back with our paranormal buddies in December. And we're going to the scariest room there. Room 428 has the most reports of creepy shit. And we're going to do oh. Paranormal. All right, there. I'm stuck over here doing nothing. <laughs> Come on, Anna. Honestly, I'm, I'm just going to drive out to to Colorado. I yeah, might show far. up. Do, yeah. do it. It'll be fun. That's it's so fun. cool. They have Bring so much in. awesome gear, too. Their gear is so creepy. All the equipment that they have. For They've paranormal. got, like, the EVP. They have everything. Anything in that world, yeah. they have it. They're, uh, I'm excited. It was a fun experience. That place definitely had some weirdness to it. Especially when you're in those rooms, those hallways and everything. It's so creepy. They had a couple open, like the access to attic, and we were boosting my buddy up to look in there and video what he's saying while he's looking in the attic. It was so scary. We were talking about while we were watching The Shining. It's because I know the outside is a hotel at Mount Hood, Anna Costa, where we grew up. And then and then I know the Stanley Hotel was like the inspiration, which I've I've just driven past it before. But is that also the same interior filming, or is that a, is that? No, they actually did the S. What is it? S. Park. 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 Okay. Yeah, they actually didn't film anything with the the original uh, Shining movie with that hotel. Stephen King stayed in room two seventeen and had a nightmare about his son being uh, strangled by a fire hose at the place, and like a really realistic, terrifying nightmare. He woke up. Went on the balcony and had a cigarette, and that's when he came up with all the key points of the Shining story and wrote nice. it there. It's inspired by it, and it supposedly takes place there because they talk about it in the Shining being outside of Denver yeah. and all that stuff, but they actually yeah. filmed it at the hotel you guys are talking about. Got it. They filmed a lot of that's movies at the Stanley Hotel. Even like Dumb and Dumber was there. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber, they filmed <laughs> out there. The scene where they come out with the Lamborghini? Yeah. Or when he's sitting at the bar with those little fringy things with the cowboy hat on. Like, yeah, yeah. Finally, a pretty delightful tale, in my humble opinion. In 2004, Parisian police were practicing a training exercise in the catacombs. And when entering through a drain, one of the unofficial entry points, I suspect, officers encountered a sign saying, building site, no access. They came across a camera that was actively recording any passerby. And as they approached the camera, a recording of barking dogs was triggered, presumably to scare them. But they continued forward and were shocked to come across a 500 square meter cavern, which had been made into a cinema. Oh, that's awesome. 
In the cavern was a giant screen with projection equipment and chairs and a handful of films being classics to modern thrillers. And in an adjoining room, there was a fully stocked bar and professional installation of electricity and three phone lines. Pretty sick. I want to go. Sounds awesome. So when the police returned three days later, along with experts from the French Board of Electricity to find the source of the power, they found the power lines cut and a note waiting for them reading, Ne cherchez pas, which means don't search. Yeah, those people had some kind of like mob ties or something like that, and they were supposedly using the, the camera and the, the film so that they could watch like crimes and things that they've done and how to coordinate massive crimes and things like that. It's like a Paris mob or somewhere using that, supposedly. There's like a football like film room. Just like it sounds like like a football team reviewing film. Like, great job killing this guy. (laughs) Do it better next time. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck less. I'm gonna need you to do better. (laughs) When people do bad things, they record them all the time, and I think that's usually why they end up getting caught. They call themselves doing that stuff, and it's like, okay, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Why they go down there and just watch snuff films? Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> Back in the day, well, machine and look through the hole and <laughs> murder. And maybe they just wanted to watch Casper, yeah. and it was just a spooky place to watch. Ghost that was story. a modern thriller. <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost. Oh. Reminds me of that club back in Chicago during the World's Fair, where they had that group of like macabre people who would try to acquire human bodies and skeletons, and they would meet in private. You know what I'm talking about, Mills? Monsieur mm-hmm. Chapin. Well, and we haven't even mentioned all the satanic rituals. What? Do tell. Feel the bones. Do the rituals? Probably sacrificing people down there. They lure them down. You can't say probably. Stuff. Then it happened. It's definitely happening. Oh, it's back. There's no doubt about it. It's happening. Is it? More reason for us to get them in. That's like the most like creepiest. Like, Are you just saying that because you think it would be a good place to do it, or <laughs> are there it? accounts? No, no, no. They say that there's, there's, they do that down there. Like they just like take the bones and set them up, and who's they? Satanic people, bro. I don't know. I'm not a satanic person. Satanic people, you know. What are they doing in a ritual? I've always kind of wondered that. Like, what's the point? Summoning evil power. Yeah. They say that, like, you can sell their soul, you know, things like that. Yeah. My life is weak. I'm a frail little bitch. I learned to be strong demon man. All right, guys. So this is how this game's going to go down. It's going to be a little tricky because JP's in studio with me. So he has a slight advantage, but we're going to work around it. Um, he told me nothing about this, by this the way. This is pure honor. He we're playing a game. Okay. He has no idea what <laughs> these questions are. We're not cheaters. Okay. We're not even that close. Okay. You're like, I don't even like him. Like a friend. <laughs> Look at him. So each question is answered correctly. It's worth 10 points. I'm going to try my best to keep track of the points to see who wins this. Um... There's going to be a prize. I haven't figured that out yet. Maybe I'll have the listeners help us out with the prize. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's 20 questions. So, All right. Bring it. <laughs> I'm going to ask the question. Can't interrupt me until the question is completely done. 
and then whoever thinks they know the answer fast enough, say, um, I guess your name, your first name. I don't know if that's there. Isn't there a hand raising feature on here? Is there really? But he does, I have the mouse, but they piece through. I have a hand Ah, uh, shit. I, I own a hand. Um, what's the best way to do that, guys? Can we just raise our hands? Oh, yeah. What if we all raise it at the same time? But who's keeping watch? The gatekeeper? <laughs> Bone daddy. Well, he's dead. <laughs> Bone daddy is keeping watch. He's going to call himself this for a lot long after this. I hate show. it. I hate it. He's going to so get gross. like a necklace. <laughs> like, <bro> <laughs> Rhinestone Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. Oh, a little uh, bumper sticker. I am no, Bone no. Daddy. Street cred Hey, that's what they call me. I don't know what to tell you. You could be like Bone Daddy, but you'd have to use a whole hand for the daddy part. <laughs> All right. What if uh, what if we give we go one, two, three, and then whoever says your number, you're assigned to one, two, or three. Whoever says their number first, they answer the question. Like a like in place of a puzzle. Anna, you'll say if you think you know the question, right? I'm done. You say three, and now I'm like Anna, and then you answer the question. If it's right or wrong, we'll go from there. But not I want to. Okay, Rose two, JP's one. Oh no. You can Middle. say oh no. Okay, here we go. Number one. In Greek mythology, who is the Greek god of the underworld? Great. Two. Fuck. Anna. Fuck. Hades. Correct. Ten points for him. I knew that. Anna. Thank you, Hercules. Number two. Who is the guest on Joe Rogan's most watched podcast episode? One. Two. Uh, most, most watched episode? Yes. Two. Uh... uh What's his name? Coming for the time. <laughs> this big show? Two. Five. Four. Two. 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 Okay, I'll take two. Wait, what? Brooks. Can I get the yes? Yes, um, you take too long. Oh, shit. Uh, is it Bernie Sanders? Uh, Anna, do you want to get a shot at it? Elon Musk? Correct. That's what I was looking for. That's what he said. Oh, yeah, but okay. he didn't say the name. I but you didn't oh. I can't play that game. Judge just said no. <laughs> Elon Musk is correct. 20 points for Anna. Okay. Number three. This is for all you nerds out there. You ready? In the Harry Potter movies, Draco Malfoy was a member of which house at Hogwarts? One, two. Children, uh, three. <laughs> Anna, you're eliminated. Bitch, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> You've been disqualified. Uh, JP, uh, I got it? Yeah, you said one first. Southern is correct. He has 10 points. Anna has 20, and Brooke has a oh, modest zero. Whatever, I'm getting robbed. Number four. In 1919, 21 people were killed in Boston due to a flood of what? Two. Molasses. Correct. Brooke, coming in strong with 10 points. That's real? Yep. Why? How does that, like, let it happen? You gotta go quick. <laughs> <laughs> there was a flood of molasses and people but like a huge like big tank. Yeah. imagine drowning in molasses too. yeah that's not a good way to die that would suck, suck. Yeah. and it's embarrassing too slow poke johnny died of molasses <laughs> <laughs> which female mortal kombat character fights with fan blades three 
from me. That's Street Fighter. Street Fighter. Whatever. One. <laughs> One. Wrong. Katana. Katana. Yes, that's correct. Go. Twenty. Twenty. Ten. Okay, we got through the nerd. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Number six. What year was the iPhone first released? Ooh. Yep. Brooks. Yep. Two thousand seven. Correct. Ooh, everybody's tied with twenty. This is getting intense. Was it really that? Yeah. I feel like it was longer ago. Don't question the answer then. It's 2000, I thought. That would have been my guess. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah. learning things. It's good. That's kind of the point of this game. Is that you have fun and we laugh. It's great. Number seven. Which artist <laughs> painted the famous portrait painting of Mona Lisa? It's oh. That was me. No, that was me. That was I had me. The hands up and three. No, that was. I think JP was a slight uh, behind you guys, so we'll do rock paper scissors between you two ladies. <laughs> this is about to get so mad. <laughs> so Brooke, Anna, rock paper scissors underneath the table, and it holds it up. Rock okay. paper scissors shoot. What? Anna wins. Rock scissors. Wait, what no, did she you doesn't do? even know. <laughs> What is she doing? What did you do? It has like a fist. I thought we weren't starting yet. Okay, no. Do over, do over. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Hold them up. Ah! Brooke wins. Okay, Brooke. Right. Two. What's the answer? Do you need me to repeat the question? Forgot the question. Oh, it didn't. <laughs> what artist painted the Mona Lisa? Leonardo da Vinci. Correct. Brooke has taken the lead with 30. Oh, shit. Number eight. In the Disney Pixar movie Toy Story, what is written on the bottom of Woody's boot? Two. No, that was for sure me. You have a slight delay because you're all the way in Australia, so you probably got it. Andy. Correct. 30. Number nine. What is a group of whales called? Two. Brooke. Todd. Correct. Here we go, number uh, 10. In what year did Nintendo release its first game console in North America? One. JP. 94. Damn, there's no way. Huh? I don't know, honestly. I'll guess. Really? Come on. Come on, JP. Wait, oh, Nintendo? Yes. Is that, that's incorrect? That's incorrect. Very much incorrect. Okay. Two? Brooke? 86. Three. Damn it. Anna? 89. Wrong. Hey, you guys all lost that one. 1985. Yeah. What? what? You got one for your 10th birthday? No, we were four. Uh, Back in 85. Okay, 11. Which country, <laughs> on average, produces the most coffee? Two? Three. Two? Two. Two. You said which country, right? Which country on average produces the most coffee? Colombia. That's incorrect. What? That would have been my guess. Thank you. It was mine too when I wrote these, but not. Mine three. So I don't Anna? know. <laughs> I was going to say Colombia. One. JP. India. Incorrect. You get a chance, Anna, and then it goes away. I don't know. The correct answer is Brazil. Oh, oh. All right, number 12. In which country did Halloween originate? 
Spaghetti Western, by the way. Because they filmed them in Italy. That's where they were doing all the scenes. All the scenes for all those Western shots were all shot in Italy for really cheap. What was that? Um, oh, didn't they talk about that in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Probably. Because yeah. I think Leo's character was a Spaghetti Western type character. That's yeah. a solid meme. Number 14. Here's another tricky one, but really not that much. Okay. Between 1692 and 1693. Several women were hung after what historical prosecution? Two. Brooke. Two. Uh, the Salem Witch Trials. Correct. Takes one to know one, huh? You got the witch. Yup. <laughs> Come after me. I made it out. <laughs> I killed my sisters, but I got out. <laughs> Who directed the 1980 classic horror movie, The Shining? One. Jimmy D. JP. Was it Jimmy D? I think correct. No. Three. Anna. Kubrick. First name, please. Stanley. Yes, that's correct. I didn't know that. Okay, uh, here's the question of all questions, you guys. Pay attention. This is for everyone. Everyone's going to want this one. Number 16. In the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, who are the four hobbits on the journey to Mordor? Three. Anna. Mary. Also known as Meriwether, Pippin, Sam, and Frodo. That's correct. Sleepy, sneezy, <laughs> drowsy, and dark. Good job, Anna. I don't know what your points are. Is that 50 for you? 60. 60? Oh, can you take the lead or is Brooke 62? No, you have the lead. Oh, oh shit. Ooh. Time to step it up, guys. It's almost the end of it. Number 17. What is currently the highest? Grossing R-rated movie of all time. One. JP. I'm going to say The Joker. Oh, you did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah really? Love that fucking movie. Yeah, we were just talking just, about it. Yeah. Wow. I hadn't, I didn't know. Sad well, thing is you no, can't even come back. But it makes me feel you got more points. Here's another one for you. 18. What is the name of the popular E. Willie's solo YouTube show? No, I do. No, I do. I did this no. one for self-promotion. What? Because I need <laughs> a hug. 
hugged enough as a child. Uh, Something. It doesn't. It's like some. Appreciate you letting me battle it out. The limits are endless. Is that what it's called? I don't. I don't remember. There's no limits on what you can say. I can tell. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to help you guys. I can tell you guys are. No limits. Loyal listeners, and I appreciate your support. Damn it, man. What'd you say, Anna? You said it. And three. Anna. No limits. No limits with, with you, Willie. Uh, with you, Willie. <laughs> everybody's favorite YouTube channel. I mean, seriously, you know, high five. Let's do it. I'm sorry. I'm really I'm sorry. sorry. I hate all of you. Where, what, what are your guys' score right now? I'm, at I'm still at five. For 50, 50 and 60? Okay, so here's what we're going to do. JP's eliminated because he can't come back. So it's between you two ladies now. Okay. A few questions okay. left. Anna gets this question correct, the game is over. If Brooke gets it, we go to the last question. Number 19. Who is the writer of the popular Twilight books? You. Brooke. Stephanie Meyer. That's correct. Oh. And the game continues. The last question. Oh Not even goodness. ashamed that I know that. This is intense. All right, last question, guys. Y'all ready? This is it. The winner between Brooke and Anna for the Something Weird Truth or Theory Trivia Championship. Number 20. Which is the second largest continent in the world? Three. Anna. Africa. That's correct. Ooh, Anna, <gasps> you are the champion. Coming in with the win. <laughs> Smarter than a teacher. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) 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 Good job, Anna. Really surprised. Second time around questions. Let's do let's just do Brooke and then Anna. Same as last time. All right. Uh, number one. If you could time travel there and back, which time period would you choose? Uh, Anna and I have had this discussion before. <laughs> we have on one of our episodes. And I always go into this long spiel to try to justify it, but whatever. I'm World War II. Mm. Oh my God. I just want to be there. I want to see it. I want to experience it. Not like on the front lines, but I want to be just like a, a citizen during that time. A citizen of what nationality? It's because I'm reading. Um, the Splendid and the Vile right now. I let's say I'm living in like London during okay. World War II, like with the looming raid and invasion. I just I don't know. Oh. I just want to like understand that time period. Quick, uh, quick se- segue. Something that we didn't I don't think was mentioned earlier about the catacombs is that the um, the French Revolution or the French resi- uh, resistance. Resistance. Army? Yeah. Oh yeah. They um, they also went into the catacombs and fought the Nazis in the damn catacombs. They were both using the catacombs, and they had bunkers and stuff. How creepy is that? Yeah, and they, like, blew up a, a school that the catacombs were built over, and the Nazis had taken over, and they, like, blew it up from underneath. Okay. One more cool. interesting uh, fact about the catacombs. I don't know. I didn't confirm this, but I've got a couple sources that said it. Since the ground is so questionable in Paris, where it all extends, the, the city grew out onto where the catacombs are at, people buy homes, they pay for 
the home and whatever of the catacombs below them. So it's almost like private cool. property. So if something happens below them and their their foundations messed up, it's on them to take care of. Isn't Interesting. That <laughs> wow. That's really weird. I wouldn't so want to take that you, on. Like, right away when you buy the house, like, hey, by the way, you got catacombs over there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think it's a well-known fact in that area. It's just everywhere under the whole city. It's 200 miles uh, radius. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's wow. Dang. I hope there's some grumpy old man down there like, off my property. <laughs> Damn kids. <laughs> you were down with there. All right. Cool. Um, so World War II, that's really the original answer and very freaky to me. First time. Yeah. Anna, what's yours? Well, it's a lot less uh, deep and meaningful, but I would just love to be in my early 20s in the peak of the 80s. Party Central. Just great coke. music. <laughs> what kind of look would you rock? Wanna wear my mustache? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, probably very, very much along the lines of Joan Jet. There you go. I'll see you. Do you think you'd live to the age you are now if you were doing that? <laughs> <laughs> live fast, die young. I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. <laughs> I've gathered that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking out of skull. Bring me to the catacombs. <laughs> what is an unusual pet peeve of yours? That's hard. Uh, I don't know if they're super like unusual, and I don't know. Can I do two? Sure, of course. I think my like biggest one that really gets to me is um, hearing people breathe. It really drives me crazy if i can hear you breathe it's too loud it makes me <laughs> oh. but i also i don't really know if you would count this as a pet peeve but i'm really weird about my shoes if one if i'm ever wearing something that's like laced or i can adjust the tightness of it if one feels ever so slightly tighter i'll spend the entire day adjusting it until it feels that's right. a good one it makes, it makes me crazy. See, that's an unusual so. pet peeve. Yeah. Oh, Anna, when she grinds her teeth, Ooh. when she's sleeping, it's a horrible sound. Sorry, Anna. Yeah. No, it's oh, all right. Yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's a known thing. All right. Well, what's Anna, what's your pet peeve? I really hate it when people preface asking a question with, can I ask a question? And we asked six questions. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, thought you were say, I really hate when people talk about my teeth grinding. <laughs> <laughs> no, part of life. A lot of things annoy me, but I don't. I can't really think of anything in particular right now. That is a good unusual pet. When you were a kid. What did you want to become as an adult? What age are we talking? Because I went through a lot of phases. Let's hear a couple of them. Yeah. Um, like young, young me, 100% uh, a cowgirl. Like that was my <laughs> destiny. <laughs> so I wanted to be a cowgirl. And then, gosh, I went just a lot. There was a good chunk of time that I wanted to be a photographer, but I have no skills whatsoever. And I don't, I don't know. 
And then eventually I figured out I wanted, I was not the kid that like played teacher or ever wanted to be a teacher. I'm not really, really sure how this happened, but it happened. Oh, okay. but yeah. Cowgirl and a uh, photographer. Yeah. How about you, Anna? What did you want to be when you were a young? Ultimately it was a marine biologist. Ooh. I just always thought that'd be great. You guys turned out well with what you're doing though. I mean, you're still in like an art type thing. So it's, and the teacher has worked out. Yeah, I, th I think you'd be a good teacher. I don't know. There's something about it. Yeah. She schools me every week. No, well, I think you schooled her tonight. You <laughs> yeah, you did. True. You made me look stupid. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, I got to get you a trophy and a prize. Number four. If you were going to be stranded on an island, but had the chance to bring one thing with you, what thing would you choose? something to play music i mean i guess that's kind of well because it only has so much battery life so i don't know if that's really that's solar powered a solar powered little mp3 player a boom box that has to be plugged in <laughs> anything that could get me music that's what i would want how about you anna what would you bring to the desert island i would say the same thing a solar powered music player you know, it doesn't have to have a signal or anything. Okay, let's see here. Number five. If someone was going to make a movie about you, which actress would you choose to play you? Or actor, I guess, if you want to. Who would you choose? You guys answer, because I'm still thinking. Choose for you guys? Oh, I'm Keanu Reeves, no. by the way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's awesome. Keanu's a hard ass. I think he looks more like, sounds about what I look like. That's who I want. That's who Wait. I want to be. Well, then I want Denzel <laughs> playing me, so take it. I think uh, JP looks more like the guy who played um, Kylo Ren, Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That could, that could work. Those are two great people. I love Shia. Steve Buscemi. That's who I'd want to play me. Who? Steve Buscemi. You want a guy playing you? She just Steve loves him. Buscemi. Why do you love him? Steve Buscemi. What do you? <laughs> what? Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. What movie? I'm terrible with names. What movie? Like all the movies. Fargo. Um, he's in. Um... Every Adam Sandler movie. Con Air. He's in uh, The Island. Mr. Pink. He was in The Sopranos. Was he in like Boardwalk Empire? Yeah. yeah. He was the lead yeah. in that. Um, On really the Road. A man playing you, Anna. I mean, that or William Defoe. Wow. Now I know who you're talking about. That's the hell. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, hope, no, I hope somebody's listening to this and never seen what Anna looks like. <laughs> like Damn, she must be real. <laughs> They're just Defoe. my heroes. I don't know. There's no one that I like really. Felicity Jones. Oh, I like her. Emma, Emma Watson? Yeah, she's a terrible actress. Yeah, but oh, yeah. I do like... Uh, is that Hermione? Hermione. Yeah, that would get it going for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would totally take her. I like her. People always tell me that I look like... And I don't agree with this. I'm not, like, tooting my own horn. But people tell me go. that I look like Rachel McAdams. Oh, and yeah. I, I can see that, too. Yeah. I can see yeah, it, Yeah, you're too. a mix between Hermione and Rachel McAdams. Okay. There you go. I'll take it. I would take either of them. Me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Right. 
Yeah. That was some bizarre answers on Anna's part. Okay, we'll go with it though. You don't have a female? Anybody ever tell you you look like somebody? Or just, I mean, it's always just whatever Asian woman is like popular the one the Asian woman that is popular yeah. in Hollywood at whichever time. What is the best advice you've been given? No, I actually do have a quick answer for this. I don't know if you would really call it advice, but it was just like a moment that I'll always appreciate, I guess you could say. It was my professor. He, he taught, what was it? It was like science and the Reformation, a class that I took. And it was really tiny. There were like 10 of us. So we would just like talk to each other the whole time. And he was super smart and great. Just loved the guy. He it was at graduation. And you know how they have like the faculty members be the ushers to like move the rows through to go up when you're getting the diploma or whatever. So he was our usher for our row. And I was super excited. And then as I passed by him, just like said hi. And then as I was like walking up, I was like, Brock, or I don't know, probably called me by my last name. I don't really, I don't know. Mills. But he just said, <laughs> yeah, Mills. But he just said, just remember, don't take your foot off the gas. And I was like, okay. Like, I don't know why you're screaming at me right now, but okay. <laughs> and I just went up. But after the fact, and I talked to him when I was, deciding to go into teaching I like contacted him years later but it just always stuck with me and it was nice to hear that he felt like I was going somewhere and he felt the need to like make that comment and like continue to push me in that moment I don't know it was just nice to see that someone like saw promise in me and was telling me to like keep doing what I was doing I don't know it was just a really nice moment and I'll I'll never forget it that's good yeah, that's what we're going for with that question. Yeah, that was really great. Um, Set the bar high for I don't have anything. She's like, Willem Dafoe. I, <laughs> I can't use the same answer twice. I myself am a bit of a scientist. Um, you know, I don't really, I don't have anything top of mind. I've been given a ton of good advice throughout my life. What I've taken is a different story but if I'm just going to wrap it up into like one small thing that just comes to mind all is well which is the phrase that's on my dad's grave mm. and it's so contradictory to what I believe because I really don't think all is well but it's a reminder that maybe at some point in my life or death we'll get there yeah. Nice. Came in strong. Yeah. I love that. That was really good. Wow. Very nice. I like it. 